0: So please give a warm welcome to my husband, Pastor Marlon. You are too sweet, honey. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What's going on, Lorraine? It's been a while, man. Come on. Somebody give it up for the Lord. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. I'm always honored and excited to be here. Um, it's just always such a privilege to gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ and just worship Jesus. You know, they don't get to do this everywhere. Amen. And here we are, you know, just able to worship the Lord freely, man. So I am just honored and privileged to be here. We always like to open up our services in Wycliffe by saying, joy is your compass and Jesus is your destination. Amen. You receive that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just um, let's open up in prayer. Father, we, just, we surrender this time to you, Lord. Father, we surrender this entire time to you, Father. We thank you, Father, for inviting us into this atmosphere. Yeah, for inviting us into this atmosphere to be with you, to worship you, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would open up our ears to hear your word, God, and open up our spirits, Father, to just receive it and digest it. Have your way in this house tonight, Lord. Do whatever you came to do. Let your will be done, Lord. We thank you, and we bless you for this time. In your precious name, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a friend, and an old buddy, and, um, you know, we were talking, I won't go into details about what we were talking about, but we were dealing with some of his issues, and I was kind of pouring some of my, you know, heart out to him. And uh, one of the things he said to me that stood out to me was he said, uh, he said this to me, he said, "Marlin, I have tried everything, and nothing seems to work. Like, I just don't see the purpose Right. And as a pastor, we, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and dealt with a lot of problems. And, you know, uh, one of the the most disheartening things to hear people say is that I don't see the purpose, you know. But the reality is, is that we've all been there. Right. We've all thought it. We've all, you know, said it. Uh, It's been like I don't see the purpose in what I'm going through right now. And it might be dealing with your marriage, it might be dealing with your job, with your finances, with your health, whatever it is, uh, you know, we've all reached a point and thought, I don't see the purpose in in what I'm going through right now. And I believe the reason that most of us don't see the purpose is that it's whatever we're dealing with uh, at that time that's causing us so much pain that we just, sometimes it seems unbearable, right? Right? I mean, if I ask the room right now, just by a show of hands, how many of you like pain? Come on, there's got to be one of you who likes pain, right? Who likes pain, right? That's nobody. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we don't. And most of us would actually say that we, we hate pain. What, I, what I've come to realize uh, during this study was that I, I don't believe that most people hate pain. I think that we hate pain without a purpose, right? And so the title of my message today is Purpose and the Pain. Purpose and the Pain. The reality is that a lot of us, most people, we can endure a lot of pain if there's a purpose, right? Earlier this year, uh, Pastor Lou asked me to um, start working out with him. And I considered it, you know, I considered it until I found out that he was a CrossFit trainer, And I don't know if anybody's ever seen, like, a CrossFit workout, but show me that picture, Pastor Lou. Like, nothing about his face to me says, Marlon, you want to be part of that activity. Right? Nothing about his face says that. It screams pain. And, And people pay for that. People actually pay to do that. There's some people in this room right now who paid to do that. But what happened is I've watched this awesome transformation over the past year with Pastor Louis and his body, all because he endured the pain. So for him and for for others who who paid to do that, the payoff was worth it, right? There's a satisfaction to it. There's There's a fulfillment to it. See, people can endure a lot of pain if there's a purpose. Let's go to uh, Luke 22:31 through 32. And this is the Last Supper with Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus is talking to Simon Peter, and he says to Simon Peter, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. He says, Simon. Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you like wheat. So Jesus is telling Simon here that, that the devil is asking permission to try to hurt you. The devil wants to harm you. He wants to shake you apart. He wants to break you down. He, he wants to test you. So I can only imagine Simon thinking to himself, why does he want to hurt me? Like, what did, what did I do, Jesus, to deserve this? You know, and and, and we've all been in that situation where where we've thought to ourselves, what did I do? What did I do to deserve this? Right? What, What did I do to end up in this mess? What did I do to be treated this way? What did I do? And Peter's probably thinking, come on, Jesus, you're not going to allow him to, to, to hurt me, are you? To harm me. Like, I've seen you heal the sick. I've seen you raise the dead. I've seen you defend an adulterous woman. You're not going to allow the devil to just, to just cause conflict and pain in my life, are you, Jesus? And that's how a lot of us feel, right? We, 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 we're asking God, how, why are you allowing these things to happen to me? And the reason we feel that way is because some Christians have been sold a lie, right? And the lie is this, that becoming a Christian is a path to this low-maintenance, hassle-free life. But, but, th- but that's a lie. Amen? That's a lie. The truth is this. And Paul, uh, Paul says in, in 2 Timothy 3.12, he says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Will be persecuted. And I know, that's like, boo. It sounds like a bad deal being, becoming a Christian, right? But the reason why this happens is because when we accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, when we became a Christian, we transferred from darkness to light, from, from death to life, from, from sin to forgiveness. And, and when that happened, we didn't just gain a spiritual father, what we did is we gained a spiritual enemy. The second you became a believer, the second you, you, gained, you became a believer, you received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you gained an enemy who wanted to kill, steal, and destroy your entire life. He wants to wage war against followers of Jesus, and Simon was on the front row. He found himself on the front line. But, but here's the good news right here for Simon. Jesus goes on in, in verse 32 to say, but I've prayed for you, Simon. I pray for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And, and in the same way, even though the enemy is accusing us daily, we have, we have an advocate praying for us. We have someone interceding on our behalf, someone standing at the right hand of the Father, standing in the gap for us. Amen? And so I'm asking you, what, what does your faith look like? What does your faith look like? Pain is just going to happen in our lives regardless but, but I believe that there's a purpose to it. And the first purpose, I believe is that, is that pain tests your faith. Pain will test your faith. The truth, the, the truth is is that none of us want our lives to be interrupted, but the, and, the idea of pain, uh, the pain we experience in our lives, has a purpose behind it, is, is foreign to us, right? Like, whenever you feel like the devil's attacking or testing us, it's important for us to know that sometimes God's preparation comes packaged in pain. Sometimes it comes packaged in pain. Amen? See, God might be using the pain that you're enduring to do something in you so that he can do something through you. But he may be allowing that thing because it's the only thing that's going to strengthen you to get you to the place where he can actually use you. When we we begin to see it that way, what it does is it doesn't take the pain away, but it gives the pain a purpose. It gives it a purpose. God is capable of using every pain to produce a good purpose in your life. Scripture tells us in, in Romans eight twenty eight, he says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his what? Purpose. According to his purpose. You see, this is a scripture that every Christian knows we all recite it, but, but I believe that when we only believe it when things are going good. Right? But the Scripture doesn't say that, that good things work together for our good. The Word of God says that all things work together for your good. That means in the promotion and in the termination, He's working things out for you. That means that, that when you got money in your pocket or when you are broke, He's working things out for you. Right? That means that when the relationship, at the beginning of the relationship, the honeymoon phase, everything's going great. And in the separation, he's working things out for you. He is working all things out for your good. Amen? Notice that Jesus wasn't causing Simon's pain, but, but he was allowing it. He was allowing it. In Simon Peter's case, his painful experience came a couple of verses later when Jesus predicts that he would deny him three times before the rooster crows. And what does Simon say? Simon says boldly. He says, no, I'd never do that to you, Jesus. Right? I'd never do that. I'm with you to the end, man. I'm with you to prison, even to death. Right? You ever had a buddy like that? I got your back, man. I'm down. Just text me. You know what I mean? I got you. You send them that text and they ghost you. Hit you up the next day like, man, my bad, man. I, I sprained both of my thumbs doing crosswork, CrossFit, you know? Yeah, no condemnation. I've, I've been that friend. I sprained both of my thumbs before. <laughs> but three different times, three different times, a little girl comes up and says, aren't you this? I think this dude is one of the disciples. And, and Simon says, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Three different times, he denies him. The most painful part for Simon Peter is found as he was denying Jesus the third time. It says, Scripture tells us in Luke twenty-two sixty-one through 62, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then he remembered the word of the Lord he spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. I mean, think about that. You deny Jesus. As he's looking you in your eye, you're denying him. It, it says that he wept bitterly. The pain for Peter was, was unbearable. And as much as, as I want to wave my fist, and I'm sure you want to wave your fist at Simon Peter, I can't. I can't because, because I get it. I, I, I've, I've, you know I know what it's like to have... Intentions that are good, but follow through that falls to pieces. I got great intentions, but follow through that, that ends up just, I don't, I don't come through to, for you. I mean, he was probably thinking in that moment how much of a failure he was. Right? And we've all felt that. I mean, he just denied Jesus. He let God down. He's thinking, I am such a failure. And if we're honest, we've all been there as well. I've been in that painful painful place of feeling like a failure. But I want to encourage you today and tell you that what we see as a failure, God sees as a foundation. Amen? What we see as a failure, he sees as as a foundation. Don't let the confusion of your pain cloud the clarity of the purpose in your life. He sees something that we don't. We see something falling apart. He sees something he can't wait to put back together again. You're looking at Marlin 2.0 here, (laughs) y'all. He can't wait to put it back together again. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen? Amen? So instead of seeing your pain as a failure, see it as a foundation that our sovereign God can use for his glory. He tells Peter, uh, later in Scripture, because of his faith, found in Matthew sixteen eighteen, he says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. You see, he sees something in us that we don't see in ourselves. Know that, that, that God can take our situation and make something out of what we thought was absolutely nothing. The God of eternity, he's working everything out in our lives from his eternal perspective. He knows the beginning from the end where all accounts will be settled. But for now, God is just calling the righteous to have faith and trust him. Don't look at life through a perspective of pain. Instead, what you need to do is look at your pain through a perspective of purpose. Amen? When, when, When God gave the devil, permission and authority to take away Job's livestock. He took away his wealth. He took away his kids, his health. I mean, Job goes through some of the most the worst physical, emotional, and spiritual torment in the Bible. But by the time Job gets done, by the time he gets through this test, he says this to God in Job 42, 5. He says, I have heard of you by the hearing of your ear. But now my eye sees you. Now my eye sees you. In other words, what Job is saying is, is because of this, this painful season that I just went through, you know, I, I see you in a whole new light. I see you in a whole new way that I would have never seen you had I not gone through what I went through. So God's purpose in, in our pain by, by testing our faith isn't just to test our faith for the sake of testing our faith. Uh, is it, It's to help us, to help us mature. It's to help us grow. It's to help us increase in our faith in him. Amen? Another purpose for our pain is to produce endurance. It's to produce endurance. Romans 5.8 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Like, if you've never run more than a couple hundred yards in your life, I don't care how bad you want to, there's no way that you can physically run a marathon tomorrow. You're just not equipped for it. You're not ready for it. Your body hasn't built up the endurance to do it. There's a process that has to take place to prepare you. Amen? In uh, 2010 a co-worker of, of Pastor Michelle's, asked her to run a marathon. And at that time, she was almost 40, and um, she didn't feel great physically, you know, about how she, how she was physically. and so, But she thought to herself, sure, I'll give it a shot. I don't know about you, but I'm not just going to give a marathon a shot. <laughs> she said, I'll give it a shot. Before that point, she had never uh, ran more than two miles. And so she got started. What she did was she went to the gym, and she jumped on a treadmill. And she took off and started jogging. And she got through the mile, and she thought, okay, not bad. And she said when she finally got to the two-mile mark, she looked down, and she thought, I got this. I can do this. And not only can I do this, I think I can beat him. And this guy had run several marathons before this. And so she began her training. And what she'd done was she, she started a yoga class. She started taking yoga. She started taking a boxing class. Yeah, Pastor Michelle. Started taking a boxing class. And, of course, she just continued with her running. So she stuck to this strict, painful schedule. Over the next two years, she'd done this, and she ran two half marathons. Half marathons are, what, 13.1 miles. And so at that time, she knew that she was ready to sign up for the marathon. And so her and her co signed up for this marathon. Well, when she started training for the marathon, midway through her training, she pulled her hamstring. And so she told her co-worker about it, and um, he told her that, well, there's no purpose. There's no purpose for you to run this now, because he had, he had tried it before, and he didn't succeed. So he told her, there's no purpose for you to join this marathon. So he backed out of it, right? And so now she's mad, because first of all, you ain't gonna tell me what I ain't gonna do, right? So she's mad about that, on top of He backs out of the marathon. That was her purpose. One of her purposes, one of her motivations for running it was to beat him. And so what she did was she just pressed on and she starts physical therapy. Now, this puts her behind in her training for the marathon, but she decides to run the race anyway. Her motivation now changed from beating him now just proving him wrong. I'm, a, I'm still going to run this race. Sometimes your motivation has to shift from the end result of devil, I'm going to beat you to devil, I'm just going to prove you wrong today. Amen? And so on, on May 22nd, 2012, Pastor Michelle started running in the Cleveland Marathon. 26.2 miles. Like, I don't want to drive and pick you up if you live 26.2 miles away. <laughs> That's 24, that's 24 minutes right there. <laughs> 26.2 miles. And she said she took off and she felt good. And she was running and she got to the halfway marker, the half-marathon marker. She looked and she realized that her time was actually better than the two marathons that she had run previously. And so she kept that pace going. And everything was going great. Until she, meet, she reached mile marker 18. When she reached mile marker 18, she pulled her hamstring. She pulled her hamstring. And you're thinking, really, God? Like, really? I've done all this work, right? After all these, these hours of dedication, after all the blood, sweat, and tears, after all the training and all the preparation just to hit a wall at mile marker 18. And and I believe that some of us are at mile marker 18 right now. Right? We've put all of this time, all of this effort into our marriage just to have it fall apart. We've invested all of our money into this business just to have it fold. Right? Like, like we've, we've been at this job half of our life just to have this company let us go. Why me? Listen, we're all going to hit mile marker 18 at some point in our lives. It's inevitable. And sometimes the pain can seem unbearable. But when you see your pain through the perspective of purpose, it changes everything. It changes everything. It changes you. You respond differently when you look at your pain through the, purpose of the, through the uh, uh, perspective of purpose. Show me that, that, that picture of Pastor Michelle. Pastor Michelle finished that race. She finished the marathon, right? See, when you stay focused on your purpose, you can endure through the pain. Michelle couldn't see the finish line from mile marker 18, but she knew that there was a finish line. In the same way, you and I may not know when the pain is going to end, but we know that it will end because as a son of of God, as a daughter of God, the Scripture tells us that there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heaven. And we don't know. We don't know how long the season is. Right? We We don't know how long the pain will last. It may be months before you find a new job, but God, right? It may may be months before your marriage is restored, but God. It may be months before your child gives their life to God, but God. It may have taken Pastor Michelle just as long to jog the 8.1 miles as it did to jog the 18 miles, but God will get you there, amen? He always finishes what he starts. This world challenges every one of us. The devil will try to break every single one of us, but it's in those broken places that we will get strengthened by God, that God will strengthen you. Mile marker 18 sometimes causes you just to stop and give up. But you got two choices when pain comes into your life. It's to move toward God or to move away from God. Use your pain to draw close to God, amen, and trust him more. Thousands of people, myself included, have come to know Jesus intimately in our pain. The Bible says that God is close to the brokenhearted. God is never closer to you than when you're in pain. A lot of us don't know what we're capable of doing until we actually face pain. It's out of suffering that the strongest souls emerge. Pain has a purpose. Pain sometimes, it it has a sneaky way of driving you back to the feet of Jesus. Amen? Your your pain will push you into the presence of God. It'll create a toughness in you that only comes, that only uh, will come through our struggle. Your struggle is the purpose, the proof that you, you haven't been overtaken by the enemy. That's what your struggle is. Our fight is the proof that the enemy isn't bigger than our God. The fact that you're still fighting is the indicator that God is still working in you, still working through you to make a better you. Amen? And, and finally, I believe most importantly that our pain is to equip us to help others, it's to equip us to help other people. Your greatest ministry. Will come out of your deepest pain and your deepest struggle. But it's only if you're honest. You're honest with God, you're honest with yourself, you're honest with other people. 2 Corinthians 1 3 through 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we, all, we ourselves receive from God. Paul is saying here that God is the source. He's the source of all comfort. And he comforts us. He comforts us so, so that we might go out and comfort others with the same comfort that he comforted us with. I mean, who's better qualified to help somebody struggling with an addiction than somebody who conquered an addiction? Who can better help somebody dealing with, with marital issues than somebody who dealt with marital issues? God can use anybody in anything. He will turn your pain into a powerful ministry if you let him. Like, we got to stop trying to hide our scars, church. Stop hiding your scars, pretending that God didn't pull you out of something. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You see, the scars that we share, they become lighthouses for other people who are headed toward the same rocks that we already hit. We want to we hide our messes, but our messes become our ministries. Your mess will become an awesome message. Every area in your life that you've had pain, you got a testimony. If you've, if you've ever filed bankruptcy and you're doing all right now, then you have a financial testimony. If, you, if you've ever been in a, an abusive relationship and here you stand, you have a survival testimony. You ever been dogged out and you still chose to, to, to buy that person a gift on their birthday? You got a forgiveness testimony. Psalm seventy-one fifteen says, My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limits. The psalmist understood the power of a testimony, and how it could change somebody else's life. And what he's saying here is, "Is, is I'm not just going to tell about your goodness just on Sunday mornings." He's declaring here that I'm going to talk about your goodness. I'm going to talk about the goodness of the Lord on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. I'm going to talk about the goodness of the Lord every day of the week, every month, every year. I'm going to shout about the goodness of the Lord and what he has done in my life. Finally, let's take a look at what Jesus says to Simon Peter in the original text in Luke 22, 32. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but, but I pray for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. When you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. See, the thing that the enemy wants to use to hurt you, God's going to use to strengthen you. He always uses the devil to do his dirty work. He's going to use that thing to strengthen you. And, and, and when he strengthens you, there's, there's this reverent response as you turn back to him. And when you, when you turn back, you're going to be different, man. You're going to be different you won't be the same. You're going to be more prepared for for God's purpose in your life. After Jesus' death and resurrection, the first person to preach at Pentecost on the resurrection power and forgiveness was Peter. Was Peter. You see, his pain had prepared him for that moment. His pain prepared him for his ministry. When, when, when Peter said, repent of your sins, he was preaching from a place of personal experience because he knew what it meant to be forgiven of sin. And the Bible says that 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom that day there's a purpose in your pain for what you're going through right now. And we may not always see it, but we can choose to believe that God is doing something in our pain. Amen? Stand with me as I close. I think that that knowing why something's happening, or at least understanding that something is happening, From a spiritual standpoint, can help us by understanding that God's doing something in our pain to help us get through what we're going through and and to become a better version of ourselves. No matter what kind of pain you're going through or will go through, whether it be physical. Emotional pain, spiritual pain, financial pain, relational, mental pain. It might be handled better if you focused on the possible purpose in the pain. Our pain is, is an opportunity to grow in character and become more and more like Jesus. pain always transforms us, either for good or for bad. It'll it'll make you bitter or it'll make you better. It never leaves you where it found you. Use the pain in your life as a motivator. Let Let it motivate you to draw closer to God. The greatest witness of God's love It wasn't Jesus's perfect life. That wasn't the greatest witness of his love. The greatest witness, it wasn't the miracles that Jesus performed. The greatest witness of God's love was the suffering that Jesus went through on the cross. Amen. Amen. Don't despise your pain. God is working on us, on all of us. Whatever he's allowing in your life is to grow you, to mature you, to make you look more and more like his son. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this evening, Lord. I pray, Father, that as we deal with disappointments and uncomfortable situations this week, Lord, that you would increase our faith, Father, that you would help us draw nearer to you, Father. I pray, Father, that we would just set our gaze on you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that as we hit walls in our life, as we hit mile marker 18, Lord, that you would Pour your spirit out on us to, to overflowing, God. That you would help us endure our pain, Father, so that we would continue to pursue you. We praise you right now, even in the failures, Father, because we know that you see a foundation, Lord. Help us see our pain, God, through the perspective of purpose this week. I pray, Lord, that you would remove the scales from our eyes. Touch our eyes, Lord. Remove the scales, Father, so that we can see people the way that you see them, Lord. Don't allow us to miss an opportunity, Father, to testify of your goodness, Lord. To be a lighthouse for others, Father, that are headed towards the same rocks that we've already hit. We lift you up today and we magnify your name. We love you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. If if you need prayer, thank you. If, If you need prayer, we would love to pray with you. We'll have some altar ministers up here today. If you've never given your life to Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity to do that right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, with your heart wide open, just repeat this prayer, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Transform my life. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to lead me and to guide me. I promise from this day forward, I'll live for you. If you need prayer, make sure you come this way before you go that way. Thank you, guys. I look forward to seeing you guys next time I'm here. Hope to see all of you guys this Sunday. Well, no, I won't see you this Sunday, but be here this Sunday. Bring a friend. We'll see you guys on Friday. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. Amen.